Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional value to your organization, HR Works. In today's episode, we are joined by Aaron Deal, founder and CEO of professional development company Improve It. Aaron is a self-described edutainer, failfluencer, and host of the Improve It podcast. Listen as we explore the state of corporate culture in a world where so many of us are working remotely and how unique team building tools such as improvisational comedy can improve and even unlock untapped potential in your workforce. Let's check out the episode. Aaron, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thank you for having me, Josh. I'm excited. All right. So am I. So you describe yourself as an edutainer and failfluencer. I've got to know more about that. What is a failfluencer? Oh, man. What is a failfluencer not? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it is, it's a terminology that I gave to myself in 2020. And I'm going to just preface this really quick. Prior to March of 2020, the way that I connected with the people that we serve was in person, was all in networking, was all during our workshops, was all in meetings with SHRM or HERMAC or any of the great organizations that we're a part of, Disrupt HR. Um, So with that being said, I had to turn to digital interactions to connect with the people that we love and to try to connect with more people. I had never talked into my camera phone uh, using a ring light. I had never said, okay, I'm going to to use this platform now to reach an audience. And so I allowed myself a little self-deprecation in calling myself a failfluencer to just lean into it because I was failing left and right. I was learning. I had to, and I'm sure as everybody did in 2020, learn these platforms and just adapt on the fly. I was improvising left and right. So a failfluencer was somebody who just fails keeps going and is influencing others by stepping outside of their comfort zone and showing people how it can be done through failure. I love that. And I think you're totally right. I mean, we saw that in from the start of, of the pandemic in March 2020 of everyone having to find a new way and a new way to do business, a new way to kind of keep going in the working world. And yeah, you learn through failure so much too. I think that's that's a great lesson and just a, a thing to own too, right? I think it's so hard for some people to put themselves in that position where, hey, you may not be good. You may not be perfect out of the gate, but you've got to try it. You've got to know. That's it. That's it. And you can't see this right now, but I record and I, I also have a podcast and I record in my podcast closet and I have a sign to the right of me that says, fail, Yeah. So it just reminds me like, well, yeah, yeah, keep going. Even if you don't necessarily know how to do what you're doing, you'll figure it along the way. And and the the journey is better than the destination always. That's, That's where you learn on the journey. That's it. So you mentioned that you've done all this great work at massive events, Disrupt HR, SHRM, ADT. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners may be familiar with you may have heard from you before, may have been at some of these sessions, but for those who haven't met you, can you just give me a brief background about yourself, how you came into this role as a edutainer, as a failfluencer, and really leading the team at Improve It? Yeah. So 
this started probably 2011. I came up with the idea for Improve It. And I actually worked in corporate and I was a recruiter. And, and I actually did business development at a recruiting firm. Okay. Talk about getting doors slammed in your face left and right. So I was involved with Sherm and Hermac way long before Improve It ever started. So I started really getting heavily involved in improv after work. And it was just, tr- I've always been a performer since I was three, literally an actor. I danced at Clemson, I, which we've talked about prior to the show starting. I um, had always had a script though. So the thought of doing improv actually really terrified me. And it was something that I was like, okay, I'm going to fluence my way through this. So I started doing it and I would get the, what we call the icky armpit sweat where I would stand outside the door and not want to go in. And I was terrified, but every time I kept doing it, I would just get a little bit better and a little bit better. And this exposure therapy started to really make me love it. And I kept coming back to it. And I started to see the connection between what I was doing on stage in my classes really spill over into my professional life. And so this idea for Improve It was born. Talk about great leadership. At the time, I had a boss who knew about this idea that I'd come up with for Improve It and encouraged me to continue to build it and to think about it. And one of our clients at the recruiting firm was United Airlines. So she asked our client there to pilot, pun intended. (laughs) Well played. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this a program that I created to her internal team of talent acquisition and recruiters. I did it. It was a success. They gave me feedback. I kept going back. And then finally they started hiring me. And I knew I just had, you know, that feeling, you know, where something is meant to be. I knew that Improve It was my calling and that it was bigger than me. It just wasn't me. It was a team of people. So I have a team now of 22 facilitators between New York, Chicago, LA, Charlotte, North Carolina, of all places. And um, and we worked with ATD a lot in Charlotte. So uh, it's, it's really been an adventure and it's been my greatest gift to share improv and how it can transform people and companies and culture with so many wonderful organizations and to get to know people in the HR space along the way has, because HR people are the heartbeat of an organization and they care about people. So I'm so lucky I get to work with people who care about the well-being of others day after day. You found your sweet spot, it seems like. You found that perfect kind of passion where, like they always say, if you find something you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. That's it. That is it. And it sounds like we've been doing this this fully distributed model for it became the norm for so many of us. Yeah, I well, I will say this too. We had most of our team in Chicago. People, because when you're a great improviser, Chicago's the home base. You start there, you get you know all your chops, and then we moved on. People moved to New York and LA, so we eventually gradually built teams out there. We were prior to COVID expanding into different markets, and now. We've just expanded virtually. So that means we have worked with companies all over the world. And that that business model was not something I would have ever come up with prior to the pandemic. But I am grateful because we are able to serve so many more people this way. So tell me, what, what is it about improv that's really hit home with so many companies and businesses um, and really made an impact on morale? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'll tell you this, a lot of people who, if you understand it, you know it's such a great teaching tool. And if you're listening and you have no clue what it does for a company, I'm going to tell you right now. 
those masks that we wore prior to March of 2020, those hypothetical masks that we put on to shield us as human beings from our true selves that we wore to work every day along with real pants. Uh, those, those, you remember those? Those were fun. Um, so those hypothetical masks come off and they allow people to play. And in that play, people start to have aha moments because they're laughing and they're learning and they're physically doing what it is that we're trying to teach them. And that's when the real learning occurs. And when that happens, people become their best selves personally, professionally. And that is why improv is such a great teaching tool because it it sounds mean. It tricks people into learning through laughter and play. And it is Absolutely. I'm a very experiential learner. It is absolutely the best way to teach someone how you want them to feel. That's a great way to look at it. It almost seems like you're removing that barrier of second guessing because you have to be so spontaneous and so quick to react that you don't allow yourself the moment to overthink, to kind of stop yourself, to think about back to failfluencing, to think about failure because you almost have to be just spontaneous and off the cuff. That's it. That is it. And the moment, especially as an improviser on stage, that you second guess yourself is the moment that the scene falls apart. And the same thing applies in business. The moment that you judge your team or you judge ideas that are shared is the second the team shuts down, that people stop showing up, that people don't want to come to work. And so there's just so many wonderful fundamentals that spill from the stage that apply to business and apply to life. That's a, that's a great way to look at it, Aaron. Help me define what corporate culture is. Where do you see the elements of corporate culture come from? Because I think it, it's always, we talk about it, but it's tough to put it into a box and say, this is what corporate culture is, and this is how you build a corporate culture. So yeah. where, where do you see corporate culture come from? Oh man, this is a really great question. And I have to say, I didn't come, I'm, what I'm about to say is actually a direct lift from a guest I had on my show. And I have gotten to talk to so many wonderful leaders in HR and so many wonderful thought leaders just in this learning and culture space. So I'll never forget it. Cassandra Rose said, we need to focus on a creating a space of belonging. And that is really meaning that exactly what I just mentioned with improv There is no judgment for who you are. You are accepted as you are. You are welcomed as you are. The ideas that you share are heard. And even if they're not implemented, they are heard. And that encourages you to want to keep sharing those ideas. And that belonging allows everyone to have a seat at the table. It's something we say in improv. It's called yes and. And it really is this postponement of judgment this feeling of inclusivity, this feeling of I have a space in which I can be my true self and show up in my truest self and do things that matter. And I think we're seeing a lot with the great resignation, I know big buzzword, with people leaving their jobs to find places that they really care about and are mission-oriented and care about the individual that is doing the work. And For me, that has always been my calling with improv and why I love it as a teaching tool is because it creates those cultures. So for example, our workshops are two hours. For those two hours, an intern and a CEO can be in the same room. 
And for those two hours in that workshop, they are on that same playing field. Obviously, we know who's the intern and who's the CEO, but titles are stripped down. There's no rank because you're all doing something and experiencing something that you haven't done before. And it's in those moments we really encourage leaders to do these workshops with their teams because we see leaders be vulnerable. We see people at their truest highest form of self. And that's what a culture is, is allowing people to be that. That's great. That vulnerability piece too is I think so crucial and something we've seen more in the last 18, 19 months. We're all processing and and trying to figure out the way forward with such a quick shift, right? I mean, March 12th, I'll remember that day specifically was the day that I moved out from a standard working schedule to a remote office and you're starting over. So many of us were and trying to figure out, okay, how do we go forward? But you're right, through that vulnerability, we all kind of showed that we were human. And I think that ultimately gives a a level playing field for everyone. I love that thought that, um, yeah, you kind of make everybody vulnerable and everybody's in that that same space. And that's how you learn from each other and understand where we are going forward. So much has changed in the last 18, 19 months in terms of just how we understand corporate culture and corporate culture has, I think, been tested more now than ever before. How have you seen corporate culture change in this current climate, whether it's dealing with social issues, dealing with COVID and the pandemic, understanding just life changes too, and and kind of a restructure of work-life balance that so many of us are going through. So how have you seen corporate culture change? Yeah, that is a, there's so many answers to this. I'm going to try to narrow it down. Do it. I think first and foremost, when you were just talking, it made me think about this past couple year and a half, and we have stripped away this feeling of walking into an office, seeing somebody approach them in a suit, going to this beautiful, well-crafted, thoughtful space that, you know, is showcasing the culture by just the space itself. Instead, we're seeing the bookshelf with the real books that this person's read. We're seeing the dog next to them on the floor who they love and care about. We're seeing kids pop into Zoom. We're seeing plants and things that they care about behind them. And we're seeing people for really who they are. So I think right there, we have really, a lot of my work is is already done in terms of stripping people to who they are at their core, right? And I that is why I love improv is because it doesn't allow pretense. It doesn't allow falsehood in terms of showing up in an inauthentic way. You have to be yourself and people know when you're not. That's the beauty of it. And then Second piece of this is, I think with the two pandemics we had last year, number one, the health pandemic, but the social injustice pandemic, I mean, I have seen more organizations truly reevaluate the way that they look and care for their people. And I think in terms of evaluating culture, people have really decided, okay, what is the biggest priority and how can I make this make sense for everyone on my team versus just the people who speak up the most or who have the biggest titles. And then lastly, I'll say, I have really, I was just telling you before we hit record, I talk to clients from so many variety of industries, so many different companies and spaces and the biggest, biggest, I will say challenge for them right now that I'm hearing consistently is connecting virtually. 
And so how do we do that? How do we create this safe space in this virtual world where we're not just pinging each other to get a document? We're actually connecting and caring for one another. And that's where people like us come in is we help with that. We help you reconnect. And there's not just people like us. There's multiple ways to do that. But you have to be creative. And you can even be scrappy if you don't have a big budget. There are so many ways creatively to think about making the people on the end of the of the work feel important. And that's really what culture in my mind is all about is pretending that every person, this is cheesy, but I'm going to say it, Josh, uh, pretend that everyone you, you meet has a sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. And that's what culture should be about is the people who are delivering the work that you're asking them to do should feel so important from the director to the intern, the coordinator to the VP. They should all feel like they matter and that the work that they're doing is helping the greater good of the organization. And a lot of times as organizations scale and grow, that gets lost. So it's really reconnecting. And I think that's what this past year did for us is really reevaluate how we're connecting with our people and putting human capital at the forefront of everything we do. It's not cheesy when it's true. That's it. That approach too, right? You nailed it. So I think one thing you said early on in that, that I liked is that, and it goes back to that vulnerability. We all kind of got to look inside everyone's lives, our coworkers' lives, way beyond what we saw in the office. I think that was great too, is that we all had those moments where the dog was barking in the background or kid busts in on a meeting room or, you're in the middle of a, of a big presentation and all of a sudden your Wi-Fi goes down. Like we all had those moments collectively. And I think that really helped bind everybody together. But then there's also that level too of having to experience this new work world together really challenged, um, I think, what our culture was with each business. I think the, the businesses that had a well-defined culture and had a clear set of values and goals and just clear definition of who they were, were able to push forward and find solutions and be innovative and scrappy, if you will, to push through and, and really find ways to be successful versus others that may not have had such a clearly defined culture to lean on it seems like they would have struggled a bit more in that. Was that your experience seeing it from your viewpoint that culture really helped stabilize certain groups? Yes. And, see what I did there? Yes, and. Uh, Yes, and. Yes, I think if you had an environment before that was people first, you were able to quickly pivot. I think if there was issues, those issues came to a boiling point in 2020. And that is what I saw time after time with organizations that, you know, we work, we work with people because several things. One, there's something that they want objectively us to help with, or two, they have a major problem. And that's usually where we come in is we help solve it and we train on those problems, right? Problem solvers. So oh, I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully here, but I will say that there were some organizations that just left things unsettled before the pandemic and watching those things start to just rise as the pandemic grew and people were sitting at home and they had more time to process and reevaluate what they want. That's why we're seeing the great resignation It's because right. people were processing and they're like, this isn't, I don't want to work 80 hours a week. I don't want to commute two hours each day. I don't want to feel like when I get to work, I'm feeling like I have these microaggressions thrown at me. I want 
to feel like I belong. And I'm going to go find that because I know the, this company down the road is doing that. And so I really did notice a trend from the people that we serve. And I'm really, it was really great to watch the companies who quickly pivoted, who leaned in even harder to their values and who were saying, okay, we had some issues, but we're going to fix them as we continue to grow. And we're figuring this out together. And oh, by the way, Every single person should pat themselves on the back for 2020 and 2021 because we improvised our way through it and we're still doing it, you know, every single day. I mean, we all really improvised our way through it in different ways. And I think you touched on something there that I want to draw out too. It's that we all kind of gave ourselves a pat on the back in the last year plus. And I think that's been important to see in kind of the shift in corporate culture is more recognition, right? Yeah. I think there's we're all more appreciative. It seems like most of us are more appreciative of the work that's being done by our peers, or if we're managers, by our employees, by our direct reports. Um, but then there's also that appreciation comes from above. And I think even at the highest levels, you're seeing that appreciation come back and it feels like the work you're doing matters or is seen, is recognized. And that goes back to, I think, even your earlier point about all being seen and recognized and being noticed. And I think that's almost the, there's been some silver linings that have come out of the last 18 months. And I think that's been one of them is just this importance of corporate culture and really being brought to the forefront. I agree. Oh, wholeheartedly. I'm like sitting here nodding my head listening and I was like, keep going, preach. Yes. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. And I think that we've all um, witnessed the leaders who weren't doing that prior to, and hopefully this has put as much as it all sucked and we all had to face our own failures, if you will, as things were progressing in the height of the pandemic, we really either said you can do two things. You can, as a leader, you can sink or you can swim right now. This is where leaders are made or they're broken, right? And if you chose to continue to rise above and people followed you, even if they had no clue where you were going, that's the, that I think is the, the beauty of a great leader is when people when they look to you and they aren't, you aren't, they know you're not necessarily sure, but they know that you're going to figure it out. That's a great leader. That's a quality of a great leader. And that makes up the quality of a great culture because absolutely no one could plan for what happened in 2020. Right. <laughs> no one had the magic eight ball in this one. No, no. But I think you're right too, that it's the groups that were able to kind of galvanize and say, okay, we're going to figure this thing out together here's our path that we're going to have to start carving and that full buy-in yeah, yeah, made all the difference for a lot of groups here. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode of HR Works is brought to you by Namely. We've all heard the news. The great resignation is affecting so many businesses and keeping employees engaged and connected is crucial to avoid high turnover and it's even higher cost. That's why I recommend Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that offers everything you need to hire, inspire, and retain your workforce. So you can say goodbye to the great resignation and hello to the great re-engagement. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely helps you maintain a great experience for the entire employee life cycle. With onboarding, performance management, and intuitive benefits enrollment, all in one connected platform. Plus, Namely can streamline your payroll, time tracking, and vacation requests, and help make you everyone's favorite HR leader. Companies are built on people. Don't let either fail. Learn more about making the switch to Namely. And for a limited time, get your first month free when you make the switch. Go to Namely.com today. Don't wait. That's Namely.com. 
And now, back to our episode. So how can corporate culture and teamwork be encouraged now in a world where so many employees are separated by location? Yeah. Um, and even being onboarded now into teams that they've never met in person. So like, where do we go forward with corporate culture and teamwork in this new normal? Yeah, I love this. And I have an acronym for Yeah, We have actually, for your listeners, I have something really cool and it's a free thing. It's uh, We call it our hybrid hype handout. Okay. And it's all about how do you engage your team in this hybrid era? So we say get hybrid hype. Uh, so there's an acronym that we use called Y, W-H-Y, or your Y. And it stands for work happens y'all. Okay, and I'm Southern now. So I'm, I'm half Midwestern, half Southern. So I, I got to say y'all sometimes, right? So the work piece is how do we show up in this virtual world? How do we have this, what I call cloudy mindset first? There's varying levels of comfort right now with going into the office, with commuting. So making your organization cloudy, meaning you live in the cloud, you live virtually first, having a virtual first mindset because it makes everybody feel comfortable. If you're going to have a team meeting and half the team doesn't feel comfortable coming in the office, hey, why not do it at, on Zoom and have everybody who's in the office sit on sit with a partner or sit at their desk? And that way, the people who are sitting at home don't feel ostracized that they're not there. They're not penalized for not being there. So keeping this, this work idea in mind, another thing I love with the idea of work in a hybrid world is if you've got people in the office or if you've got people sitting at home and they're all working from home and you know they need just that time to crank stuff out, have focus hours. So we've done this where you just set up a Zoom link, you have a moderator, the moderator's in charge of a very like soothing playlist of classical tunes or whatever it is. So you join the meeting and you're just there to hold yourselves accountable, ping each other if you have questions, but you're working together on these focused hours because it allows you to feel like you're kind of in the office together versus just sitting siloed at home. And then the happens is all about where it happens, right? So making a space for you that makes you feel comfortable, setting up hoteling in your office if you want people to come in and use that space to, to collaborate, or if you want people to come back, making sure you create protocols that make everybody feel safe and, and welcome. And then the y'all is that collective piece, which is the company culture, which is creating a company culture. If you use Slack, for example, that's a really huge culture bull. You can create channels for things like wins. So you can share the wins of the day in your winning channel with your team. You can share, have a channel for gratitude. So you're showing each other gratitude when somebody does something for you. There's, we have pets channels and kids channels and just creating that culture that is cloudy. So everybody can share in that collective success. And no one feels like, they're being penalized or punished because they may not feel comfortable being in groups of people right now. So it's it's important, I think, to have that, that cloudy mindset first as a leader because everyone is looking to you to feel comfortable. And so to make that space comfortable, you got to kind of go where everybody has been, which is at home and virtual. The cloudy mindset, the why concept makes perfect sense. Now, as somebody from New England, I don't know if I can pull off y'all, but uh, <laughs> wait, we'll, I got we'll it. You guys, work, hap you, work happens, you guys. You guys. And also, um, I want to say this too with the why. One thing I didn't even touch on. It's also the the W H Y. 
obviously is an acronym for the word why, which is why you show up every day, why you do what you do and the mission behind the work you do. So it's a, it's a fun little thing that we've been using that helps us remind us what's important and, and why we show up, but also that work can happen really anywhere as long as you put the people at the forefront of it. And that concept of creating social groups or creating opportunities for fun and engagement within the work scope is, I think, really important with onboarding. There's also this shift of people reevaluating and saying, okay, I'd, I'd be happier doing something else and starting new jobs remotely. And you don't have that advantage of connecting in person with your coworkers, but we're seeing people do it. And I think that's where I've seen success and where I've heard of success is in those opportunities to still bond with your team, whether it's in person setting up periodic meetings or just doing it all through video, through chat, through Teams, Slack. I'm, I'm throwing shameless plugs out there, but, but all the tools that everybody's using. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're finding ways and being scrappy with how to communicate and how to bond. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think, um, for example, my team, my internal team and I, and also our facilitators got together for the very first time in over a year this past August. Let me just tell you, I mean, if we have talked every single day, I've seen my team every day during this time, a safe connection point in person can do wonders for your team. And we've had people onboarded on our team who had not met in person just over Zoom and over Slack and all the channels we use. And it was just this amazing feeling. There is just this connection of not seeing each other in a, in a year and a half and it just, it, it reminded me of my why. And it just reminded me to keep going and keep pushing. Even when days feel like all I'm doing is failing, they are the why. They are the reason why I get to do what I love to do because they believe in in the mission themselves. I completely agree with you too. And those moments to still have in-person connections are so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's super important is to try to find ways to still connect in with your teams, whether it's, again, if you can do it in person, great. But if not, finding those opportunities to really just touch base. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and we're, we're starting to see more in-person work come back for on our end too. We're starting to see more teams doing offsites and, um, you know, every team is concerned about the well-being of their team. So people are feeling safe. They're putting safety measures in place to do so. So, I've seen a lot of great work from leaders in a variety of organizations really think about how they get people together in a very safe and conducive way that makes people feel like, okay, I'm get, I'm leaving my home, but I'm okay. That's great. So looking at just the world we're, we're moving in, and as you said, it's everyone kind of has a different work style now. Not everyone's returned back to the office. Some teams have returned fully back. Others are fully remote or in, in between in that hybrid model. What are some creative ways that teams can drive forward and, and improve their corporate culture in this remote hybrid environment? Yeah. Well, can I plug myself, Josh? Um, okay. Okay. So, I mean, there's if you're not going to use Improve It or a company like Improve It for team building or power skill development, I really think there's so many different fun niche ways to connect online. It depends on your objective, right? So if you're looking for straight up team building, 
we have a team building workshop, but also there's so many other really cool companies who have pivoted to a virtual world. I saw a lot of our clients get really creative with holiday parties last year. It was insane. It was so fun to witness. We had, I was actually a host for one of my clients. They they had a sommelier come in and they sent kits of food to each person's home with a paired wine and they all made the food together virtually and I was in charge of their Zoom breakout room. So that was interesting. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, we've created something called laugh breaks, which are essentially we break up boring Zoom meetings with short form improv laughter. And we have done, we launched that in August of 2020 and we literally to date have done probably over a hundred laugh breaks and they're 20, 30 or 45 minute short form sets. We pop on your zoom or we'll give you a zoom link. And we have four improvisers who just are there to make your team laugh through the chat box and laughter. My team has done something called, um, Oh my gosh, goat to meeting G O A T not go to. Have you heard of that? I, I think I have heard of it, and I think I know where this is going. Yeah, we literally did a tour virtually of a goat farm and got to sit and watch goats together, which it sounds crazy, but it was so wonderful, and it was for a non-for-profit. There's just a variety of ways. If you want straight-up team building, you can do that virtually. And like I said, play to the comfort level of your team. Really engage and ask questions as a leader, and then really listen to the response that your team gives, whether it's anonymous or you have one-on-one conversations. I think the first thing before you plan any event or any type of way to team build is to just understand the mindset of the team and what they want and allow them to share ideas and contribute to what they want to do. Because a lot of times I, I remember when I used to work in corporate, we were told where our team building event was. If I had buy-in and if I had an opportunity to share an idea and it was heard and together the team and I came up with it together, oh my gosh, we had such a better time because we were a part of the plan. So I think that's the first thing is really evaluating your team, understanding where their comfort levels are, letting them bring to the table ideas, and then starting some type of shared resource where people can collaborate and add ideas so that There are multiple things to choose from, not just the things that leadership want to do, right? So culture is, there's many ways that I have seen companies and organizations pivot. And if you're wanting to do something in person, a lot of things still exist that you can do safely outside, outdoors. Um, But I do think it's important to to evaluate first where your team's at and then make a decision if you're going to do virtual or in person and do both of those with the end result in mind. So knowing the objective before you go in, if it's straight up collaboration, I got, I got a lot of guys. I got some guys, you know what I mean? And girls got some guys and girls for you. So there's so many ways to do that now. And I think a lot of virtual ways exist now that didn't exist before 2020. It's so cool to see how many companies have really gotten outside of the box with the way that they have scaled their businesses. Do you think teamwork is different in this modern age where at one point when we were all in shared space together, teamwork felt like, okay, I, I'm shoulder to shoulder with my coworkers, with my team versus now it's, I think there's more, tr- I think there's more faith or you have to have a bit more trust in your team versus just having that in-person element. Yeah. Um, 
absolutely. I'm going to say tootin' on this show. It is crazy the amount of letting go I've witnessed leaders make, myself included. I did have a spread out team prior to COVID. So we did have people on Zoom and we had people on, we were using the tools that we're using more regularly. Um, not as re- frequent as now, but we were using them. But I've seen leaders who thought they had to be in the office every day, punch in, punch out, really realize that that's not the way of the future. And I, and I, I'm going to just say this, if any leader out there listening today still has that mindset, I want to encourage you to really flip that script in your mind. I think the future of work and teamwork is where we are at, and it's just going to continue to evolve technology-wise. I can't wait till the day that I become a hologram and I am hologrammed into a conference room of thousands of people. I don't have to go anywhere, Josh. I just like hologram in my office, put on put on real pants and show up on a hologram, uh, which I know is actually something that can happen, but I'm not sure how to do it yet. It, it's probably going to become more frequent. If you would have ever told me there would be a day where I sat in my yoga pants in my computer and performed improv over Zoom to companies, I would have never believed it. But I sure. do it all the time, all the time. So it's teamwork is technology driven and it's it's going to continue to evolve. And you're completely right. I mean, I, I never would have thought I'd have to invest in multiple pairs of slippers. And, uh, <laughs> dress shoes are out the window. And That's it. Wait, can I show you something? No one can see this. Okay, I got these. Sh- so I, I say this um, in one of my workshops. I, I shout out to my slipper squad because I, const- I like have one pair of slippers that I've just worn in. So now I got these new chucks, okay, that oh, look I like, like slippers. Yeah. They feel like slippers, but they're real shoes. So today I'm really going out on a limb here. I put on real shoes for this podcast, Josh. I want you to know. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want you to know that it truly is a big deal. That's it. That's it. And everybody also, I think, has realized that we can be more comfortable with the way we show up. I used to show up to, to workshops and keynotes in dresses and heels, and I would be in so much pain. I might wear a small heel moving forward, but I've really leaned into who am I and how do I want to show up? And and I feel like more and more people are being more accepted as time goes on with the way that they they show up at work. We don't have to show up in these buttoned up ways that we used to feel like we had to. We're finding what, what's most important. Yeah. How does corporate culture kind of help combat burnout? I got three things that I'm like... I will live by these for for corporate co- corporate individuals, leaders, people. First, the way you start your morning, oh my gosh, it's a game changer. Get up, move your body, put something in your body that is going to fuel your brain and give yourself time. I always say, and I didn't come up with this, but it's a quote I love. Fill your cup or fill your tea kettle because if your tea kettle isn't full, you can't fill other people's cups. And I learned this the hard, hard way as a leader. I used to show up. I was crazy in the mornings. I had to take the train in Chicago and my team could just feel that energy. So I started really developing a morning routine that has set me up for success. And truly, if I deviate from it. I'm telling you, it sounds one of those people that I used to mock, but I literally feel different if I don't work out, 
meditate, and just give myself time for me before I pour into the people that we serve and my team. That's number one. Number two, balanced breaks throughout the day. Schedule them. Put 15 minutes in your calendar. Take a walk around your block. Get on the Peloton. Go hug your dog. You know, do a sit-up. Watch a funny show. But get away from the work because I think working from home has actually uh, created a lot of burnout comparatively because we we think we need to be always on. And there's a lot more work happening and coming our way because we've all had to pivot and kind of reassess. So those balance breaks are key. And then number three, an evening routine, which is honestly the hardest thing for me to get done and to implement in my own life. So I'm telling this to myself as I say it to others, finding something that winds you down, whether it, and, and that's not alcohol. Let me tell you, it used to be a glass of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Had to st- cut that back quite a few times in COVID, but finding a show or finding a, a way to relax at the end of the day, whether it's a bubble bath or a book, or it's, uh, I've actually started taking these little supplements. You can buy them at Whole Foods called Holy Basil Leaf. And they're little supplements that you can use to just reduce stress. They're, they're organic. Okay. For those who care. And those things, those three things, if as long as you can keep those things intact throughout your day, you will at least feel like you're giving to yourself. And when you feel like you're giving to yourself, that's when you feel like, okay, I'm making progress on me and I'm moving me forward. Let me move this project forward. I'm giving to me. I can give to my team and my clients or my boss or whoever it is. But the burnout happens when we forget about ourselves and we don't give to the machine that makes everything work first. So if you don't, if you don't take breaks, you will break. And I really, truly believe that, that you working is, is the, the number one priority in making work work. I love that. If you don't take breaks, you will break, I think is the, the best motto. All right. So before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else you've got going on that you want to promote, that you want to talk about, that you're excited about coming up that you'd like to share with our listeners? You're awesome. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. And second, I would love to give the audience this hybrid hype handout because I think it would give them some tips and tricks. There's little fill in uh, the blank spots there for you to answer questions for yourself as a leader on how you're showing up and what is your why. So I'd love to do that. I'm not sure when this will air, but I think coming soon, we have a Laugh Break Live on November 11th. And we will create a promo code for your audience and give that to you for 25% off. So come laugh with us. Come see what we're all about. It's a 30-minute set over lunch, Central and Eastern time, 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on November 11th. And yeah, we're just... We're just thrilled to continue to be a part of helping HR leaders and helping the heartbeat of organizations help their people. That is our job. And I have to say to all the HR leaders out there, you are the heartbeat of your organization. So take some time, give yourself a pat on the back and give yourself some grace because you've had a big year, a big year and a half, and you have really gotten yourself and your team this far imagine where else you can go from here all right Aaron. and one last question before we wrap here and this ties in nicely because i think you mentioned it in the three tips for helping yourself 
when your feet hit the floor in the morning, you get your day started, what motivates you? Oh, to make a living while making an impact. That's it. That's great. Just That's I, a great I, way to go out. I just want to literally my goal, didn't I tell you? And now I guess I'm telling a lot of people <laughs> is to is to make millions of people across the world laugh at work every day because we need more laughter, levity, and positivity. And that's my goal. Again, Aaron Deal, founder, CEO of Improve It, Failfluencer, Edutainer. Thanks so much for being on the HR Works podcast and sharing all this great insight with, with our audience. Josh, you nailed it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. 